Beards Business and Balls, presented by House Enterprise and brought to you by Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com slash house and get 20% off your order and free shipping just in time for Christmas, manscaped.com slash house. This is episode 69, Nice, of Beers, Business, and Balls. Nice. Nice. I'm Jake and that's Will. Um, I saw a tweet that I DM'd you just now, literally right before we got on here, about this is this week is giving us like the do jack shit energy basically and you ever in elementary school i know your answer but elementary school like you see that tv cart rolling with a vcr and they've got like forrest gump or like you know some other like banger pg-13 movie ready to go like you know you ain't doing shit that week and that's the type of stuff we're getting before thanksgiving total vibe total vibe i mean it's just everyone's checked out. Everyone's getting ready for the holiday season. Everyone is just the weather is nice and crisp. It is it is watch a movie and do nothing kind of week. And I'm not upset about it one bit. No, I am ready to feast. It's feast week. I don't really say the term feast week. So this is kind of new to me, but uh, lots of college basketball too this week. I'm currently waiting for our... College Hoops Digest writer Sam Basil to get off the train. I am recording this show from Broad Street in beautiful Newark, New Jersey. That was there's some irony in there. It's not beautiful. It's kind of a shithole here, but um, yeah, this, this is the time where there's just constant sports on TV. You can park your ass on a couch and watch sports all day, and no one would blame you. I got back to my hotel at probably one last night. And there were two college basketball games just starting. Dude, the West Coast like, teams are killers. The West it's Coast, incredible. yeah, it's awesome. But it's like also like the days that you're just tired after work and you need to like you just like watch sports all day. You're like oh, time to go to bed, and it's like oh, Bill Wallen and UCLA are on at ten thirty at night. <laughs> but then like yeah, then you see like oh, do I want to watch Santa Clara and UIC starting at one thirty? Of course I do. Like why why wouldn't you want to do that? But uh, this is the time to be a sports fan. It's the time to eat. And it's the time to drink some beer. We just went to Treehouse Brewing Company, a.k.a. Heaven on Earth. And I don't even know where to start um, for our beer segment. I mean, we this is not necessarily an ordeal. That's the wrong word. But it's an experience. It's you know, I was telling people, you know, going to going to a tree house. They're like, Oh, you're going to a brewery. I'm like, no, I'm going to tree house. Um, I don't know. We can start with initial impressions here. What's changed since the last time we've <laughs> went. I mean, what stuck out for me was the lines were a lot shorter than they ever used to be. They're not wrapping around the facility anymore. It's not one of those that you're waiting for three, four hours for your beer to get your pores, to get your cans, they seem to have streamlined it much more to, you know, you go over here for this, you go to this station for that. I, I actually think they did a lot to improve their user experience. Yeah, no, it was, you know, it was a seamless, seamless trip. And I mean, granted, we did come on the early side, so we beat a lot of it, a lot of the traffic and we got to park right at the top lot. By the time we left, you know, two and a half, three hours later, there was, um, you know, the bottom lot starting to fill up, but the online ordering, which again, credit to COVID for that, made it perfect because you go in, 
we, you know, waited what 30 seconds to get our wristbands to either go to the main bar, or the classic bar, which I thought was perfect that they split up the bars based yeah. on what you want. I mean, the main bar was still more packed because it's your Julius's, your IPAs and stuff like that. But you had the option if you weren't doing that. They also had a whole separate coffee bar, which I thought was pretty cool to see. But ordering cans was just like you do it. We I ordered the cans online waiting for the pours. And then you skip the line by ordering cans ahead and they make it right there. It was a whole 10 minutes max. I mean, that was the quickest, smoothest, easiest treehouse trip I've ever made. And it makes me want to go back there even faster because it's like you're not waiting hours and hours on end if you get there at a good time. Yeah, somehow even like 300 bucks in the hole. I'm like, oh, I could probably go back there soon. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was, uh, no, it was, it was good. They had a great revert. The only thing that I, you know, when we talked about this, the only thing that I do miss is like being able to buy the cans individually and having that limit because it's like, you have to get the four packs, which is totally fine because you're probably going to buy at least four anyway. Um, but I do remember, one of the first times we went, it was nice to get like two of this, four of this, eight of this, like, or not even the increments of four, like being able to individualize it a little bit more. Um, but they also had great variety pack selections to like kind of change. That. Yeah, I agree. Those, uh, those variety packs, man. And, and this is, you know, kind of, I guess how we'll hop into, to beer reviews, but I want to talk about what they did with Julius four ways, which is something that I did not know they did. Um, Julius, obviously the staple beer, arguably a, a treehouse, the very orangey, you know, citrus notes, IPA, um, New England style beer. It, it's the best of the best in New England. Then they screw around and they've always done this by, you know, just experimenting with different stuff. They screw around and do like some variations of it for what they call Julius four ways as a four pack. And I brought some over for us to drink the other day, and I was very, very surprised by how great of a job they did. Actually, surprise is the wrong word. I'm just, like, amazed. Every single time I have something like that, I'm amazed. Now, I don't know if you are going to review something from that, but I've got one handy. So what do you want to do here? Yeah, no, I mean, you know, just to echo off that, I'll let you review, because I was going to do the uh, Julius Mango that I got on. Oh, yes. Um, which I don't well, do know. Your if, yeah, I don't know if it was actually. I don't think it is part of the four way. It's not, but it's because it's draft only. But yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Um. But the Julius Mango was. I mean, if you love Julius and King Julius, this one is just like the fucking. I mean, it's it's the it's the hottest of the bunch. I I thought it just like every time it just gets better and better and better. And like the mango, it wasn't overpowering. It was perfect. Like great flavor balance great acidity very smooth very crisp very hazy it's like they do no wrong and anytime you think julius is like oh wow this is one of the best beers i had they make another julius and this one the mango one was a perfect perfect pour um i gave it a four five just because it's like you know i can't keep giving the julius's four seven fives and fives because i know there's going to be a better one which I think was the one you're going to review, the creamsicle. Oh, Jesus. That was, that, that's the one. All right. But yeah, Julius mango, you know, that's one of those that those fruits just work so well with Julius because oh, they, compliment, 
really well. You know, they use a lot of guava. They use a lot of mango, like uh, pineapple, peach, that kind of stuff. So um, it's one of those that simply anytime I go, I will get something that has mango or guava in it. And, you know, I had haze guava. Haze, you probably know, it's the purple can. Um, one of the best beers that Treehouse makes is one of the staples. And then they put some guava in it. And that's one that, you know, I just ran for basically. Creamsicle though. Oh my God. I, I don't know what to say. I really don't. It tasted exactly how it sounds. Basically, I'm going to read you the description here because they nailed it. And I honestly can't put it into words any better than this. It's conditioned to top a carefully dosed volume of vanilla beans and the beer carries waves of orange notes encircled by prevalent but balanced vanilla character. I, I am going to just say what's on my mind. This tastes like a melted creamsicle with booze in it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It tastes yeah. like if you were to melt, just let a creamsicle like maybe, you know, in the microwave for 30, 45 seconds or let it sit out for like a couple hours and you put like a little bit of IPA in it, that's what I got. And I shit you not, this, I think, takes the crown for the best beer I've consumed in 2021. I don't think another yeah. beer that I've consumed that I can confidently say is better than that. No, I, I would agree. I mean, that one, when, you, when we had it out of the can, I was like, wow. I'm glad I bought a Julius Four Ways, and I wish I bought two because it was just, it was... It, you you hit the description perfectly. I mean, it it had just such a unique, excellent taste to it that I was like, they, this motherfucker don't miss. It's literally the Snoop Dogg video. It's like they Treehouse does not miss. No, they don't. And, and we sound like broken records, of course, but you, you've got to get out there. It's that simple. It's like. If you are listening to this podcast or any beer show and wondering, you know, these guys, all they do is talk about Treehouse and blah, blah, blah. There's a reason. It's the method. You got to go up and go. You, ha you, you physically won't understand until you go. It's, it's one of those. It is the happiest place on earth. Happiest place on earth. And it's adult Disneyland and just every, it just, it's, it's, it is just, it's top two and an eight two. And I will die by that take. I, I'm not afraid to say it. I, I bought some fucking merch. I bought a t-shirt. I already I, yeah, I have a, uh, I have a sweatshirt from them that I absolutely love. They make good stuff. I bought their coffee this time around. Yeah. That's another thing. They ventured into coffee and coffee liqueur, which I, I knew about the coffee. I did not know about the liquor that you took home. That smelled delicious. I didn't try it yet, but that seems like espresso martini material down the road. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I made one that night and it was, perfect yeah oh man so i will be knocking on your doorsteps for espresso martinis with that shit too um treehouse brewing company they do some awesome work and seriously it's the uh the nicest people the best beer you know they were asking me like you know while i'm waiting for cans i go oh yeah you know what what was in the uh what was in the order today you like drink anything good i'm like you don't get that shit anywhere else no. that's incredible no we're as friendly as the craft beer community is too it's just an, on another level everyone was so happy. I mean, they're perfectly staffed where like no one's running around and like everyone's just like chit chatting it up in line and stuff. They're like, Oh, have you like, you got this in your cane order. Have you tried this yet? Like, this is awesome. Like they just know what to do. Yeah. It's awesome stuff. So 
Treehouse, Charlton, Massachusetts. They've got locations in, correct me if I'm wrong or missing something, Charlton, uh, Deerfield, Mass, which is up near in like central Mass or western, I should say. Um, Sandwich on the Cape and Woodstock, Connecticut. Did mm-hmm. I miss anything? No, that was it. Cool. Four locations and they're all, they're all excellent. So go check them out. That's our beer segment. Uh, we're going to keep it nice and light this week, folks. A good friend of the show, of course, had to join us for episode 69. Nice. Eric Dunn, who was way back, probably episode in the 20s. We'll have to go fact check ourselves later. Um, you know him from Vine. He's grown his brand significantly more. Um, you know, a lot of Jaguars content. Uh, host of the Dunn and Drew podcast as well. So let's bring him in. We talk some football and what he's been up to lately. Here is Eric Dunn. All right, everybody with us this week, our Thanksgiving edition episode, recurring guest, friend of the program, social media extraordinaire and influencer marketing man, Eric Dunn, the miserable Jaguars fan, but happiest man on Instagram joins the show. Eric, welcome back to the pod and how you doing? Welcome to the couch. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, man? How are you? I'm all right. Wish my team was a little better. I was just listening <laughs> to a podcast where they were talking to a quarterback coach, and he was saying how Trevor is like this great talent. And here we are in November, two and eight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, are you are you surprised? Like, do you think Trevor was just going to come in and like? take you to the promised land well it ain't even his fault so i'm already on to 2022 but um it's not his fault but yeah of course i did definitely expected better than what i'm seeing this season it didn't help that half the team's injured as well do you do you wish you had mac jones no Okay. <laughs> any any question? Any quarterback? You, any quarterback would have thrived in Belichick's offense. I was gonna say the follow-up question is why are you lying? But <laughs> you put any quarterback where Trevor's is, they'd be ass as well. <laughs> and we were just talking about that. I think Will and I were just saying like, yeah, if you put Trevor Lawrence in like the, the Pat system, I think that's uh, he'd be pretty legit too. Yeah, he would. Then you put Mac in Jacksonville, and he'd suck. But, you know, it's a brand new, extremely brand new system. So, first year NFL head coach, first year NFL quarterback, it is what it is. But now you have all the tools for next year to be better. So, are you an Urban Meyer guy or not an Urban Meyer guy? I'm an Urban Meyer guy. I don't mind him. A little handy. That little thing, that little thing he did at the bar <laughs> happened. We moved on. <laughs> <laughs> like he, he says he's going to be here for like five plus years and they have all these plans for downtown or whatever. I don't see that just coming to an end after one year because that's all political stuff. Mm-hmm. That'd be, that'd be trash. If it's just urban's gone, Trevor's getting a new, a uh, new head coach and a new coordinator. Well, we need a new offensive coordinator, but all new coaches. He's going to have a brand new team next year too, because we have all the money to spend in the off season going to have another top five draft pick. We're getting ETN back. Uh, Chark might be gone, but that remains to be seen. But we, there's a lot of things to do for this team, but I think Trevor's got the right mindset. He's got his head on, right? 
So it may be discouraging right now because he's not used to adversity, but I think that's just going to make him go out in the offseason and be even better. Yeah, I mean, so we're, we're just going to hop right in. You know, we know who Eric Dunn is. We know the story. We want to hear from the fan as, you know, the fan perspective as a, as a miserable Jaguars fan. I mean, you've traveled a lot this season. You've gone to – I mean, you've been on every road game, right? Most of them, not all of them. But so you've, you've seen a bunch of stadiums. You see what you got to see. You know, what is your NFL experience been like with the Jaguars, you know, as a fan um, and just promoting the league as a whole? I've been waiting all year to do what I'm doing this season because all of 2020 I was inside my house doing games for the Jags as an independent contractor hosting a show. So I was ready to come back out here, especially after the uh, draft that we had, knowing Urban was here, getting Trevor Lawrence, I was ready to come back and go to these games home and away, regardless of result, because I've been you know, going to them since 2017. The playoff year was when I had my first year of season tickets, and I haven't seen that level of play since. But I just love the football atmosphere and the football culture, so... Uh, I also have a bucket list goal to go to every NFL stadium. So uh, I was bummed last year when I wasn't going to all of the games because of the pandemic, because the Packers were on there. I think um, the Lions were on there and a few, and I think all the NFC North and I haven't been to any of those stadiums, Vikings with the new U S bank. So I have to wait another eight years to go to those. So unless I like go during, if I want to watch and play the Jags, I have to wait eight years. But if I want to go just see a random Vikings match up with somebody then I can do that because I did that this year with the Raiders I went to Raiders Bears in Vegas because I was there for a bachelor party so uh, some of these stadiums might fall in line like that but um, this year uh, my first stadium that I went to brand new one was Seahawks Lumen Field I think that's the only one this year other than the Raiders one that I haven't seen yet um, going to SoFi in a couple weekends that's after our next home game here uh, against Atlanta but I just love doing this. I love showing the fan perspective because I feel like no one else out here really does that, that type of content, like taking a digital camera and going from house to tailgate, showing the fan experience, walking into the stadium, showing the field, showing the reaction during the live play. I haven't seen that anywhere in this past game. It was dope because uh, we were up in the cabana seats for this past game because we got invited by one of the Jag sponsors. But during halftime, we went down to our regular seat. And one of these 49ers fans that was sitting behind us said um, that they, they um, Googled uh, Jags tailgating and found our video. So they were like, they found us because they were looking for like what the Jags experience was. So that's why I do this. So more people can see what it's like to come to Jacksonville and, you know, whatever play we get on the field comes with it. And I'm used to it. It's demoralizing. It's, Tough, especially if you look at our box scores the past four weeks after the bye week, it's awful. We haven't scored like any touchdowns. It's been mostly field goals. We do score a touchdown. It's late in the game, garbage time points. So this bye week schedule has been tough to watch as a fan, but um, all the experiences inside the stadium make it worth it. And off that, you went to a bunch of stadiums. You name dropped a bunch of them that you did go to that I think are candidates for this, but what was the best stadium you went to over the past, you know, let's even call it the past season. And what was the most trash? I think Lumen field is my favorite. 
My favorite stadium was definitely the Seahawks one. Usually it's raining all the time in Seattle, but on that specific game day, it was probably the most beautiful day Seattle's seen in quite some time, probably. That's what everyone was saying, that I got lucky because it was like 54 degrees and sunny on game day. But we scored zero until like the last three minutes of the game. But that stadium was rocking. The 12th man is legit. Like the whole stadium stands up the entire game. And I'm not used to seeing that. Not even in college football do they stand up the entire game. I went to Ohio State, Penn State. They sit down for that. Seahawks fans did not sit down at all. Not during commercial breaks, oh not God. dead balls, nothing. They stood up the entire time for the most part. And I love that because I'm, I'm a stander. So to stand with the entire crowd, I was like, yep, this is my stadium. I got to be a Seahawks fan. But it's not easy to change teams like that. I'm loyal to the Jags, so that'll never happen. But I hope to get back to Seattle to watch a game sometime. But I'm going to go to the city first before I go to another game. But I love that city and I love that stadium. But that's the favorite one for now. People ask me how Allegiant was. Allegiant was nice. It's just, you know, I was expecting more. But I probably probably should like it did a tour or something because I can't see everything when I'm just going to a game on game day as a normal fan. But I'm sure there's a lot to it. But it just looked like a regular but new stadium. It was nice, but nothing was like, oh, wow, Allegiant Stadium. It was just nice. But I'm sure other people have different opinion on that. I'm just a guy that compares all the stadiums I've been to. So that was my take on the Allegiant Stadium. But the worst one I've been to, that's a little tougher. Probably Bills because it's so oh, by design, probably because it's yeah. so old. But, you know, they had a good atmosphere within the stadium because like, I guess that's how I have to judge these because it can't just be visual. You know, it's like the entire experience. And Bills visually is trash. It's so old and they have uh, trash concourses like the Bengals. The Bengals have trash concourses too. Um, but inside the Bengals stadium is pretty dope. Um, but the Bills one, there's like nothing to see there. But, but the Bills fans are rocking as well. And then the Colts is the opposite. Colts have an amazing stadium. It's like a damn warehouse, it looks like. Um, it's huge. And they have a whole section on one of the end zones called like the Bud Light uh, party zone or whatever. Jags have Bud Light fan zone, so familiar with that. But everyone was there at halftime. They had a, a band up there playing. But the crowd is so quiet. It's like a nursing home in there. If you look, if you look, if you look at my vlog from Indy, it was like a third down. And they're absolutely quiet. I was like, what the heck is this? But I talked to a Colts fan, and they said it's because Peyton Manning has them trained to be dead quiet when they're on offense. So I guess they've just been quiet. It's, 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 they were only hype when they stopped us on third down or they scored. Otherwise, that place, you could hear a clap from the other side of the stadium. That's it was awesome. so quiet. It was weird. So I don't like Lucas Oil for that reason, but visually, love it. It's yeah. number two visually, but it's dead last for atmosphere. Well, I mean, when you're the when you're the face of the Jags franchise from the fan perspective, and then the Colts face of the franchise is the Bent Boy Mantis. Oh so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're leading the you're, you're leading the morale in your vlog show, and then you got Mantis just chilling. Maybe he's got to uh, hype the crowd up a little bit. He does, but they have a lot of older fans in there. Like, not a lot of young people in those stands. I think Indianapolis is like an older demographic. <laughs> <laughs> 
Makes sense. I mean, yeah. it's just yeah. like, who the fuck lives in Indiana? It's just exactly. all old people, right? Just just the people going to college there. That's it. <laughs> so what happens if uh, the Jags move to London? Are you getting dual citizenship? <laughs> I've thought about that, actually. I would get the London Jags merch. Yeah, that would be, that would be my that would be my international NFL team, but then I'm gonna have to bandwagon a good NFL team that I have a favorite player on, and currently that would be the Cardinals. <laughs> uh, who's your only, guy? Only only this year though, because I have Kyler Murray on my fantasy team, and I usually ride out with like a good team, depending on who's on my fantasy team. So I have Kyler this year, so I'd be a Cardinals fan, All right. and I'm sure that would change every year. Because I wouldn't be able to get as passionate for another team like I am the Jags. So I would just bandwagon every year who's good and who's on my team. Have you swung it over to London yet for a game? I have not been over the Atlantic at all. Not for football or vacation. I haven't been over there at all yet. Got to get Eric done over to the UK. I know. I got to get over to something over there, man. Jerome's got to make it to the UK. For real. (laughs) Hey. This year, this year wasn't on the, it wasn't in my plans, but next year, 2022 is when I'm trying to do a lot of international travel. So I'm definitely going to try to do a London game over there, but they yeah. should be over here. Like, give me the home games. We got season tickets for a reason. Yeah, that would be sick. I mean, it's like, it's one of those things where they, you talk about cool stadiums. I mean, to watch a football game in Wembley is probably like, you know, surreal. And that in the, the Tottenham stadium too, it's like, they pack that thing up to the brim. So you have to think in theory, if somebody did leave for London, it's like, you know, they probably have a good fan base, but it's just all British people. So <laughs> yeah. What's what sucks about the London games is they're always like, and again, no offense to the Jags, but even this year, it's like, it's always trash teams. It's yeah. like, I want to see like Aaron Rodgers versus like Russell Wilson or like, you know, someone great just go off and like battle it off for like a 50 point game for a Sunday, a Sunday morning matchup, not like <laughs> Dolphins Jets, like 12, <laughs> 10, like they're, they're giving the London fans, the NFL leftovers, Yeah, but it's, but it's still making them revenue. They're like, oh, okay, we'll give them all the trash teams and we'll keep all the good stuff over here for prime time. So those, say, those games wanna... come on like Sunday at nine 30 in the morning. They don't yeah. give a shit. It's bringing oh, them in. It's bringing them in revenue. Nobody's watching Jags Dolphins in the United States at nine in the morning, except Jags and Dolphins fans. <laughs> and even that's you want to watch track. Trevor take on uh, take on Jacoby Brissett at nine thirty a.m. <laughs> with an iced coffee. Nice. And then it's a game. It was our first win too. Nobody saw oh. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Jags are one and zero in London this year. There you go. Yeah. Chalk them up. Have they gone? Yeah, it would to be it would be really cool no? to go to a game over there because I know those soccer stadiums get absolutely packed for those for those um, in-club rivalries. Mm-hmm. Have they gone to London before this year? Uh, something oh, yeah. tells me they have. They were going to move there. Well, I'm That's saying, really have talking. they gone, have they played, like, they've played a couple London games, like, in, uh, like, in the past, no? Yeah, this wasn't the first year. Yeah, they've, been right. there, they've been there a lot. Yeah. They've been there at least, I feel like they've played there at least seven times. Seven? Yeah. Oh, yeah. For years, oh. there was always the rumor, like, they were going to move over, and it's like, yeah, it's a stretch. Yeah, there have been London games over there for a while because our owner owns um, a Premier League team. Yeah, that's that's right. That's right. And a very large yacht. <laughs> He's got the money. He's got the money for the Jacksonville Jags, man. Do you ever miss Blake Bortles? Yeah, because those were the those were the last quarterback that took us to the playoffs. So 
I actually just last week watching the game against the 49ers, someone was like, Blake Bortles would give us, would have us like with 20 points right now. <laughs> and I was like, yep, he would. Sad to say, but he would. That's crazy. That's the just... defense those years, though, were just like, I always forget that Jalen Ramsey was your guy. That was the Messiah. Yeah. We had a lot of guys on that 2017 team. That was like a weird, very weird year for Jags fans. Never seen that shit before. That's crazy. And now, um, it's, now it's the complete opposite again. Because after that 2017 year, that's when everything started falling apart. Right. And then last year was like, um, I forgot what the term was. It's a very common term. Rock bottom. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think of the SpongeBob episode, rock bottom, but um, it's worse this year. Like I thought, I know we've doubled our wins from last year, but we're two and eight, but it feels like we haven't won a game. Yeah. So if the season goes as is, I mean, the Lions are struggling right now, but they're covering. The Lions are covering the <laughs> They are. Yeah, they they're covering machines, you know. Oh, in our perspective, I'll take that as a win, but the Jags are not. Uh, who are you looking at at the draft? I mean, it'd probably be, you said top five, maybe top three. Shit, uh, I have no idea. <laughs> is there anyone that you're like, oh, shit, I, we need that. We just need I everybody. want Chris Olave. I, if, we, if we're not going to get Chark back, we're going to have Marvin Jones and Chenault. Agony <laughs> now out for the season. We took a cornerback, made him a kick returner, and then a running back, and then threw him at wide receiver. Because I don't know why our coaching staff hasn't, you know, gone to free agency or like tried something to give Trevor somebody to throw the ball to. We take Jamal Agnew, who's like 5'10". Are we 5'10 catching balls from a rookie? We haven't seen a 5'10 receiver like that since like Wes Welker out here. <laughs> and he had Brady and Manning. So I ain't no 5'10 wide receivers out here. But I would love to get a wide receiver in the draft and protect Trevor. Because I've seen flashes of the defense this season, but I have not seen flashes in the offense. So, <laughs> James Robinson, please come back. ETN will come back. I was excited to see how that was going to look with a pass catching back and a workhorse running back. That's what most teams have now, and it works. Um, and then we need receivers, so many receivers. I thought we had a big three, and we, have, we don't even have a big one. Like Marvin Jones is never open, and he's caught – feel like he hasn't caught a touchdown since the first three weeks of the season because he's also on my fantasy team because I thought he was going to blow up this year. And then Chenault was supposed to be a dog this year, and our coaches don't know how to use him. He drops balls, he's slow, and everybody wants to put him at running back. Some wide receiver he is. <laughs> I, I just don't understand what happened this year. Everything fell apart so quickly. Um, literally, first game against Texans, it was like 34 to 7. <laughs> and I was like, wow. I uh, waited a year, went to the draft, watched training camp for this opener in, in Houston. <laughs> and here we are. And here we are with um, all those press conferences, with all those new coaches Urban hired. And here we are, two and eight. Third pick in the draft right now. I think we're above the Jets. If not, I we're tied. So I think it should be the Lions – is it the Jets? Yeah, the Lions, the Jets, and then Jacksonville, and then Houston after. Great. <laughs> Top three. <laughs> and, then the Jets, and then the Jets again. Oh, yeah? Oh, my God. Yeah, the Jets will have two picks in the top ten. What pick do they have? They have one from um, Seattle. Seattle. 
Oh, oh, Jamal Adams was it yeah, Jamal Adams? Jamal trade? Adams. Yeah. And Seattle's, you know, they keep losing with everything. And oh yeah, I do. So, but um, even with Russ back, I mean, they they yeah they had a tough one against the Packers, but they're not looking looking too hot at the moment. Yeah. So we play the Falcons next, and the Falcons have looked god awful. They had zero last week against the Patriots, but they probably beat us. And then we play the Jets a day after Christmas, and that'll be the game that determines who gets second in the draft. Um, but I like something oh in me feels God. like the lions are going to win a game or two because it's very rare to lose every single game. Yeah. If the lions can do it again, that is amazing. Even though they tied, but I mean, they, if they lost every game, it'd still be like 16. So it's still like be the old record. You still lost 16. You just tied one. We were My take on the Lions, though, it's like, so they're, what, 09 and 1. Yeah, they, <laughs> you guys see all those memes on, like, Twitter and shit. <laughs> they put the banner up. It goes, didn't lose once in 2021 season. Um, my take on them, listen, I, I think if they're going to win, uh, they're going to win more than one game, and it's going to start Thursday. Who the, Bears the Bears. Okay. I think they can do it. Like, I'm still going to pick the Bears to cover a three-and-a-half-point spread, but I think they can do it. They have a few. They have Bears. Oh, it's a Thanksgiving game. They should win on Thanksgiving. They're pretty good there. Um, <laughs> Bears, Vikings, Broncos, Falcons, Seahawks. All those are winnable. I just feel bad for Dan Campbell. I mean, this guy, like, he comes in with all, like, the, you know, during the summer, he's like, oh, we're going to bite off their kneecaps and we're going to do all this shit. And then, like, they're losing pitiful games. He's crying. He's like, the guys don't deserve this. I'm like, that, that's a that's a football guy that just needs one win under his belt. Like, don't. And he's talking <laughs> shit about Goff, too. He's been very open. He goes, yeah, he's not giving me what I need from him. Like, that's pretty aggressive to call out a veteran quarterback like that. Yeah. So, we'll Matt see what happens this next guy. seven weeks, though. Yeah. We'll see if the Lions can get a win. But Jags, I, I, haven't, I haven't seen anything on offense past four weeks and nothing in me feels like that's going to change because how do you, you don't just start scoring points the next week. If you can't do it four weeks in a row after a bye week and you lose another receiver and playmaker, the job's even harder. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I hope these aren't like terribly ugly wins. It's getting, it's getting ugly though. Like after that bills nine, six win, <laughs> the, the Colts game, we almost came back a little bit of hope. Trevor fumbled on a potential game-winning drive. And then this 49ers game, we got absolutely destroyed. So who knows? But I'm already ready for next season. I'll have to figure out what to do with my life between February and uh, August before September next year. But I won't watch or consume any Jags off-season news because I need that <laughs> mental break. <laughs> you, you need the refresher. You need that peaceful time. But we'll, we'll talk about something that, you know, although you are one of the happiest Jags fans on in your videos, not after the game, but, you know, during the videos, uh, you're also doing some NASCAR stuff as well. Uh, and you, you, you dabbled about a little bit of that this, a little bit of that this year. So, uh, you know, what what made you get into NASCAR and uh you know tell us your role with uh the different media outlets that you've been doing stuff with? So I grew up in Daytona Beach, so I've always been going to the Daytona 500 with my dad, and because of all the Vine stuff, <clears throat> there's a lot of opportunities that came up with marketing companies that do different campaigns, and some of those campaigns 
conveniently tie into what you do or something related to you location wise or interest wise. And NASCAR happened to be a campaign that came up one time in 2014. Uh, I think it's because I did a video, I did a vlog video at a Daytona 500 once um, with a previous sponsor when I was on Vine. <clears throat> and this new marketing company saw that video. And I guess they were doing a campaign and they invited me out to that. So and I think that the first time they invited me to that was 2019, might be 18 or 19. So this same marketing company has been inviting me every single year to come out to either the Coke zero, which is in the fall or the Daytona 500, which is in February. And usually it just entails me, you know, documenting my experiences at races because they're trying to get more um, black and Latino fan bases to watch NASCAR because everybody knows what the audience is for NASCAR. <laughs> you go around the state, you go around the, the track and do like a sweep with a camera. You'll, you'll see that there aren't too many black or Latino people in the stands, but um, those same people love cars and racing. So it's just um, using influencer, like influencer marketing is the, the wave these days. So they're just using people with a platform to help, you know, put the word out there about NASCAR because it's not a mainstream sport at all. It's like people mostly talk crap about it online and actually uh, take interest or try to learn about it because it is just cars going in a circle. But if you go to the actual race, it's a lot different than what you see it on TV because on TV, you're just watching a camera crew try to keep up with all the cars on the track for three hours. But if you go there, you can actually see every car on the track and follow it yourself. Um, just a different perspective. Uh, you have to go in person to events sometimes. It's way different than, than seeing how it's televised. But um, because of my Daytona upbringing, that's what got me into NASCAR. So um, I'm hoping like one day I can do a series all season with NBC or a marketing company working with NASCAR to do a show or something. Because uh, what I did, what video you saw in I think it was the last race before the playoffs in August. I did that video with Jay Mendoza on the mm -hmm. beach and those skits we did. And they aired that on television. I think they could do that for every race of the NFL season because it worked and it was fun. And it was just a, a creative way to show what NASCAR is and the history of it. So I'm hoping in the future, maybe next year, even that they can come up with like a series uh, that we can do and help promote the brand even more. But I, uh, I don't turn down too many jobs. I like to dabble with everything. Like I've hosted PGA events and NASCAR events. Done, almost said bowling. That was my dad. My dad's done all the obscure sports. He's done bowling, boxing. He's done everything. So I'm like my dad in that sense, I won't turn down a job. If it's, in, if it's in like my space of hosting and informing people about something, then I'm with it. That's yeah, I mean, funny. you just talked about like influencer marketing and it's like you have, I mean, grown so much since Vine, which is, you know, kind of wild. But I mean, in terms of like the past, you know, couple years since, you know, we met you at Brian and stuff, you know, kind of tell everyone like how that career has grown, not only in like the sports aspect, but like just all of the other influencer marketing campaigns you've been a part of. Was that Brian event 2018? That was almost four years ago. Yeah. yeah. Is that nuts? 2018. 2018. So when you guys invited me to that, I didn't even really know what I was doing. I was gra graduated college, I think, when I got two years after that, 
I had just graduated college and I was living at home trying to just make content and stay uh, current in the social media world because all I had known was the six second content. I never <clears throat> was a fan of creating long form. I had to get used to that and comfortable with that the several years after college because my last few years of college, or actually the last year and a half, I really wasn't making video content like that. I was just kind of enjoying the fruits of my labor from when Vine was a thing. So I was just trying to enjoy my last couple semesters of college before I said peace out to everybody. <laughs> so then after college ended, I was like, okay, I'm an adult now, real world. But I still love the internet stuff. So how am I going to rebrand myself, but still enjoy what I do? Because the main reason I didn't you know, create videos anymore is because Vine wasn't a thing anymore. And I had just not, had no interest in making videos because I was enjoying college, just being with my friends and stuff. Um, so when that all ended, I had to think about that again. Like, what do I enjoy doing, creating? And that's when the JAG stuff started in 2018, when you guys invited me to the college. It actually started in 2017. Um, because that was the playoff year and I was vlogging. And that's the same year the podcast started. So the podcast that we started, Dunn and Drew, really helped shift my mind to create videos, but around sports. It was mostly Jags content, but I tried to, you know, throw in like random sports content here and there, like voiceover videos, just with a random topic about current you know, NFL news or something like that. That's why you see SpongeBob videos where they're talking about QB competitions. This is random content like that, but it's been growing like every year. And there was a little lull between 2018, 2019 with the podcast and the sports content. Cause we were creating remotely. We didn't live together. So sometimes we would be unmotivated because it is a grind to grow a podcast especially when you're doing it with a friend who's on the other side of the state. And there's just some day, you know, you have a routine, you record like once a week, but that sometimes that week comes, you know, like, dang, I don't really want to do this. Or you had a bad day, you're not in the mood. So that's the kind of stuff you got to push through to be able to grow what you're building. And at one point we just went months without doing one until 2020 when Kobe Bryant died, we came back and dropped the podcast and I think that was the only one we did in January of 2020. February came. I think we did one in that month. And then the pandemic started. And that's where we were like, okay, the world is completely different now. Let's talk about it. Zoom is a thing. Let's start making our videos now. Well, we, we weren't doing video content, podcast content until the pandemic started last year. We were just doing audio and shutting down Skype after our video was done. We didn't even save it and upload it. So the video didn't even start until April of last year. So that's really when we started building on, you know, creating this podcast brand. That's why this, this podcast stuff is a grind. <laughs> so in 2020, that's when we started doing the video stuff. We lost every game. My co-host got a job here in Jacksonville. He needed a roommate. I was like, oh, it's a perfect opportunity. You're moving to Jacksonville. You need a roommate. We've never lived together. Jags have the first overall pick. We're about to have Urban Meyer. We're about to drive Trevor Lawrence. This could all be perfect. So we moved together this year, April this year. So that's the year, April 2020. We started making videos. 
the next April, we lived together and drafted Trevor. So this is the year where we've really put all our efforts into growing this podcast and creating our content because last year was, last year was a good year financially, but um, it was a good year. Like I said, financially. So a lot of brand deals came my way because a lot of people were doing um, the digital stuff, like working with influencer marketing, because that's all people could do is the digital world. And it took off for me. Uh, so I was able to pay off a lot of debt last year. And that's really what I was focusing on those years after college. Um, I had to start thinking about real world things. So the, de- the student loans, the credit card debt, I was in a lot of it from living well in college and not really having the financial literacy to not do that. <laughs> so uh, 2020 was a great year for me, financially getting rid of all that, and then refocusing my mind on creating this content, this podcast content. And then this year, we went all in on moving in together, video podcasts, equipment, going to games, uh, putting out a vlog every week from the start of the draft to now. And we know that unless you're consistent and you keep doing that, you're not going to get reached out to like I've been my entire digital career, people will just randomly email you because they find you. And you can't be found unless you're putting things out there. So uh, that's really where I'm at right now is just put things out, put things out, uh, grind, 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 and the brand deals will keep coming. Because I've I've noticed that happen over the years. Yeah, well, congratulations, man. That's all. It's all excellent stuff. And obviously, from where you came, just literally making six second videos. I remember you talking about this at Bryant, like you're talking about like Mrs. Puff eating box. And now you're <laughs> you said that in the middle of an academic building. You're like, yeah, you know, talking about like Mrs. Puff, like going down on people. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is he talking about? But, but no, look, like, look how far it's it's come for you. You know, it's obviously worked out. Um, and, and then obviously, you mentioned your podcast too. Before we let you go. Uh, hit 200 episodes. Congratulations on that as well. Uh, did a live show. I loved it. Um, you know, <laughs> it was a long one. That's all day. That's some good stuff. Um, and, and I just realized that you're going to be episode 69 of beers, business and balls. So congratulations oh, yeah? on that too. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's a bigger, yeah. That's, that's some real nice. Shit. But, but yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's, it's great to hear all the stuff we're doing, uh, or that you're doing, I should say. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's really good to hear that, you know, the, the grind's paid off for you. Right. And it's moving in the right direction. So we're, we're always happy to hear about all the cool stuff you're doing. Yeah. And it's got to keep going, man. We're just getting started. It's just the beginning of it for real. And I see you're in a hotel. Are you doing a gig up there? You broadcasting a game? I'm in beautiful Newark, New Jersey. Uh, sure, nice. ever. <laughs> hate, hate that airport <laughs> oh it's the worst so yeah i got the legends classic tonight uh, i'm i'm not broadcasting or paing or anything i'm just uh i'm going as you know house enterprise, enterprise college media. digest media, just media. Yep. i gotta get into college basketball which is what i'll be doing once this jag season is over obviously i watch the college football bowl games and the playoffs but College basketball is going to be the wave soon. You got to sprinkle some uh, some units on the Brian Bulldogs this year. Nice. I'm going to have to pay attention. I'm going to, I'm going to put them as one of my favorite teams in my Yahoo Sports app so I get the notifications. <laughs> FAU and Brian. <laughs> I got FAU and Penn State basketball right now. Two trash basketball programs. <laughs> oh, what's, your, uh, yeah. what's your NBA team? 
Spurs. We're in oh, the yeah, mud. yeah, yeah, the Spurs. Yeah, yeah, So, I mean. We're finally in the mud. Back in it. Back in it. Yo, oh. FAU's not that bad. They're three and three. It's fine. Well, all I know is them being bad for my time there. And yeah. since I've been out of college, they have been great. So, They're it's just, right. it's, it's, it's a work in progress. Their football team is growing. It's going to get better because they're moving conferences. But that basketball program needs life support. Because baseball, softball, those have all been in the playoff. Football, we've won championships with Lane Kiffin. We competed this year. We fell off a little, but we were competing this year. But basketball is our worst program. Who's the rival? Is it like FIU? That's a boring-ass rival, but yes. <laughs> I was going to say, there's no one else like good. That's the most boring day. rivalry <laughs> in sports, probably. FIU, like, UAB is pretty good. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's nothing else doing, man. Oh, I am man. sleep on that. Rivalry. Yeah. <laughs> when I was at That's FAU, those robberies really weren't even a big thing. deal. The, the, you guys do like the, the snoring shit. It's just a clip of you snoring. And oh yeah, it's talk, it's a, it's a, it's a it's on the soundboard. <laughs> there you go. That's what we needed. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we got a little soundboard here. Uh, and like if, right. if if uh if I don't know like a player that Andy says, I'll go, who? Who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a nice ass soundboard. We love that. Roadcaster, right? There you yeah, go. Yeah, Roadcaster Pro. Oh yeah. No free ads. No free ads. <laughs> no free ads, but everyone has one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't need it. Yeah. Eric, we appreciate the time as always. Before we let you head out, uh, it is Thanksgiving week. We got to hear your favorite Thanksgiving side and then obviously plug away on all the socials and uh, where people can find your content. Favorite Thanksgiving plate would be ham, unpopular opinion. I'm not a turkey guy. Ham. Mac and cheese, duh. I got to have some sort of corn dish. Got to be like corn souffle, corn pudding, corn something. Not just corn on the cob. I don't do that. Uh, green bean casserole, deviled eggs. And then I got to have a bread there. I don't care what bread it is. Just give me a roll or something. Got to put a piece of bread there. But that's, that's the Thanksgiving go-to. I'm not a stuffing guy. Cranberry sauce is whatever. I'll eat it with turkey, but I'm a ham guy. But... That's my Thanksgiving plate. You can find me at Eric V Dunn on everything. Facebook Eric V Dunn and Dunn and Drew is our handle on everything. That's the podcast brand. We're pretty easy to find. We're pretty responsive on everything too. So Google it up. You can find us there. Eric, thank you, man. Always appreciate your time. Glad to see you crushing it and roll jacks, baby. Roll jacks. We're going to try, man. We're going to try. Thanks for having me, y'all. Take care. Take it easy, man. <laughs> And that was just our friend, Eric Dunn, joining us in the show yet again. He's doing some awesome stuff. I mean, it's been crazy that we've known him for over four years now. He came to Brian and pretty much his influencer marketing career like skyrocketed after that uh, CEO conference. And he's been a great supporter, um, helped us with our fantasy football league a while back. That was uh, great to have him on. And he's just doing some awesome stuff. So always appreciate him hopping on the show, interacting with our content. and. Uh, you know, excited to see what's in store for him in the next couple of weeks. 
Yeah, Eric's the man. Um, you know, the Jags working uh, – the Jags made the wise decision to pick him up as what started as an independent contractor and I think still uh, in that realm too. But awesome to see the work he's done. Go check him out, Eric V. Dunn, most platforms. Uh, we'll do a quick balls, and this will just be our, our Thanksgiving kind of money balls here. But ball segment presented by Manscaped. It's Black Friday coming up. I don't know if they're doing any deals, but – you get 20% off with us. Will, tell us about Manscaped. Yes, manscaped.com slash house. The best Christmas gifts, the best Black Friday deals coming up. Uh, lawnmower, lawnmower 4.0, uh, the ball lotions, the boxers, the briefs, everything. You know, it's the perfect gift for any man, woman, and child. I'll keep saying that line because their technology <laughs> is super safe. You're not going to nick your balls. You're not going to nick your skin. Um, great product. I mean, we, we both use it. We're both big fans of it and, uh, we're happy to have them as our presenting sponsor. And, and like we said, if you head over to their website, manscape.com, use the code house, get 20% off and free shipping, check them out. Enjoy your balls. I'll thank you later. And your child's head too. If you really want to save your child's head it'll be safe and bleed out and you won't screw up if you, if you, uh, make their fade a little bit too high. <laughs> All right, I'm done. Um, the Thanksgiving slate, uh, it's shitty. I'm not gonna lie, yeah. it's shitty. It's like it's obviously you're always going to have. I don't, I don't know the, that the games are shitty though. The the spreads are shitty. I, I'll give you that. The games aren't that bad. Well, they're not good matchups. Like the teams suck, but and then there's the Bills, which we'll talk about. But it's it. I see what you're saying. Like there's there's a this just does not look appealing on paper. No, I mean I guess we'll just run it around the horn real quick. Lions Bears. Out of all three games, it's the ain't nobody care game, and honestly, it's at twelve thirty. So like, people are still watching the dog show at that point. Yeah, you're also I'm like, you know, you're eating some apps, you're telling your uncles to go fuck himself. Like, you know, yeah. you're you're yeah. not like that's fine. That's one of those that you have in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of touched upon this on the interview with Eric Dunn. I think the Lions cover that plus three. Um I do too. I, I do. hope the Lions win just because you know, now I'm a sad Giants fan. You know, the season's a wash for us. Let's just get a top five pick from the Bears. So I'll take the Lions getting their first win at plus and the plus three. And uh, we'll sprinkle the under in that. Mm, interesting. Um, man, three and a half for the Bears. I fuck. So, uh, God damn it. I just looked. And Goff, I don't think, is playing. I think Tim Boyle's starting again. Mm. So maybe we just, maybe this has a recipe for like a 24 nothing Chicago Bears win. I would love that. But Tim Boyle, pride of the one and only University of Connecticut. People forget that. That's, like, got to be instantly UConn football's most successful alumni. But, like, I don't know. I think you have to take the Bears minus three and a half here after thinking it over. But, uh, yeah, uh, give me the under. Give me, like, a 25 nothing Bears victory, I think. Yeah, sprinkle some cash under the damn under, though. Yeah. Uh, You've got Cowboys Raiders after that. That's your yeah. That's your afternoon game. Um, and call me crazy, you know, I, I think that'll be competitive. Yeah, both good teams. I mean, obviously the Cowboys need to you know bounce back from their loss from the Chiefs. Hopefully, uh, Amari Cooper's healthy for that one. 
The Raiders are sitting at five and five. The Chiefs are back. If they want to make a playoffs, they're going to need to make a statement. Um, I kind of like the over on this if everyone's healthy. If everyone's healthy, give me the over. If Amari Cooper is out, give me the under. That will be on my card. So who's everybody, though? Is it just Amari Cooper, or who else is out? CeeDee Lamb. Gallup- back. I think CeeDee Lamb was hurt, but they don't have him as an injury report. So that could mean, that could mean Gallup territory, though. I don't yeah. know. But, I mean, yeah. Cowboys are seven-and-a-half-point favorites. This is tough because the recency bias after their last performance with the Chiefs, obviously two different defenses, but – I think the Raiders will cover seven and a half. I was just about to say, I like, I like Cowboys money line Raiders to cover though. And the over. Yeah. These are the things obviously not parlayed, but the, I think the Raiders can make it close. I just don't think they're going to win. I think the Cowboys will probably eke one out that home field advantage on Thanksgiving is fucking insane. And the Raiders are in for a, a rude awakening, but um. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the over on that, too. And then this is one that I've just sat for the whole day thinking about, and I genuinely have no idea what to do here. The Bills are five-and-a-half-point favorites over the Saints in the night game. And I – first of all, I can't decide if the Bills are good. I'm just going to say it. I can't decide. I think Josh Allen's their only redeeming quality. Everything else, I've got questions about. They're Yeah, they're not the team of the ones that we knew in the past. The only reason they have such a high spread right now is Kamara is out. Their two tackles in Ramsick and Armstead are out, and Montgomery, the wide receiver, is out. And Taysom Hill's questionable. And, and Marcus Simeon is not the option. I mean, it sucks that Winston, James Winston's out, but – Again, if there is a game that the Bills need to win, especially because the Patriots are surging, it's this one. It is a Thursday night football Thanksgiving edition. They need to win this game. Um, Something has to give. Is five and a half generous? Yes, but the way the Saints have been playing, especially with all these injuries now, I'm going to say, you know, it's, it's a safe pick for the Bills. I would hope so. I don't know. Well, I, as a Patriots fan, I hope they get their ass kicked, but yeah, you know, I also think there's a legit scenario where, you know, the Saints go out and beat them. And then the bills are like, Holy shit. That's uh, you know, they're, they become one of the favorites to six and five. Yeah. So I don't know, man, I, I need to think this over too, because I still don't know what I'm doing. I, I just, like just something about the Saints, something about Trevor Simeon <laughs> in the Superdome. Oh, I don't know, man. Kind of trash. He does kind of suck, but yeah. I mean, who knows? This Bills defense has been awful too. Maybe they can. Maybe he can just, uh, you know, find a way to to make it work. Mm. I wouldn't even say the Bills defense has been awful though. They just ran into Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, that was a tough one. But, I mean, their offense is broken. Their offense is clearly broken. I think everything's broken. Yeah. We'll see. This is the comeback game for the Bills. If not, their season's done.
I think there's in some serious shit if they don't win this game. So we'll have to see. I, I think my, my gut tells me take the bills. So we'll, we'll see. I'm in New Jersey for a couple more hours. So I can, I have to make my wagers on parcel sports or, uh, or bet MGM. Um, that's pretty much it for us. Uh, should we finish with a wild card Thanksgiving side before we go? A wild card Thanksgiving side or just your favorite side? I don't know. I was thinking wild card, but now um, I'm just. I mean, let me hear your wild card. <sighs> I don't have one. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, um, I mean, I think stuffing's elite. I think cornbread is fire. Um, pasta on Thanksgiving, yes. Like as a as a as a uh, pre course, not a, a in the meal. Pasta and, on Thanksgiving. Like just a regular sauce or what? Could be a meat sauce, could be, you know, vodka sauce, could be anything. A small little wet the palate oh. post appetizer okay. pre-meal kind of thing. I can't I, I suppose I could get around that, but all right. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty basic with with thanksgiving i'm not anything extravagant yeah i've been trying to get my family on mac and cheese for a couple years oh and mac and cheese yes yes so oh, here's the thing i feel like that's like a relatively new thanksgiving side no just like like that's not a traditional like thanksgiving like our parents weren't having that growing up i don't know i've had mac and cheese for years oh shit maybe i'm maybe i'm just yeah i think you're out of the loop <laughs> maybe i was late Oh man, I my plate turkey, a shit ton of mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. You make a little hole in the middle for gravy, and some butter and some salt and pepper, whatever else you want to do. And you just soak the stuffing with that shit. Only a little bit of stuffing. Can't maybe like a half a spoon. Um, here's a mark of how I'm getting old. And I guess we could do this a wild card. I. I've actually gone for the green bean casserole the past two years. Yeah, it's a hot take. I know. I it's I don't know. My it, I I made it last year. Um, I was put in charge of that. I actually really liked it. That's my hot take. I never like five year old me would have punched me. I'm yeah. just gonna say, cut a trash, but I'll I'll accept it. <laughs> um, and then apple or pumpkin pie. I mean, I love pumpkin pie. That's like my guilty pleasure, but the safe bet is apple. I am going the total opposite. I love pumpkin pie. I love pumpkin. I love pumpkin pie so much, and that's like I won't even touch apple pie. Yeah, I mean, you can always like. I feel like Thanksgiving is the only time I have pumpkin pie, whereas like you can have apple pie whenever. I feel like you can also have pumpkin pie for Christmas too. That's another hot yeah, take. You can squeeze it in there. Right. You've got like a, a, a two month window for pumpkin pie. Like you can have it any time, November to like December, like end of December. Yeah. So that's fair. Nice dollop of like cool whip or ice cream. I'm ready. I'm ready to eat. Not starving myself. That was episode 69 of beers, business and balls. Check us out anywhere. You listen to podcasts and go check out our merch. Got some fresh college hoops digest shit up there too. Um, I can't wait for my polo. I'm currently wearing my house enterprise blue adidas polo it is one of the most comfortable polos i currently own so do yourself a favor 
head over to house-enterprise.com. Some good stuff coming from our partner Squad Locker as we head into the holiday season. That's all for us. That's Will and I'm Jake. So long, folks, and happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving and take it easy. Thank you.